0: You're listening to Packers Talk Network. PackersTalk.com. Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your guaranteed, authentic tickets from TheTicketKing.com, a longtime trusted source and local Green Bay business. Just go to PackersTalk.com slash tickets for more information and ticket links. That's PackersTalk.com slash tickets. Pack. Stop me if you've heard this one. The 2023 season is not necessarily about wins and losses for the Green Bay Packers. The main storyline instead is how much quarterback Jordan Love and the rest of this young offense can grow and improve throughout the season. Of course... To show progress and win would be even better. And on Sunday, the Packers did just that. And with that, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Lemps Talk and Pack. I'm your host, Chris Lempisis, coming to you once again from my basement Packer room in my home in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here to break down Green Bay's. It's moving in the right direction now, baby. 23-20 win over the Los Angeles Chargers on Sunday at Lambeau Field. Oh sure, I mean, I suppose if you wanted to be a smartass, you could say the Packers teamed up with the Chargers to defeat the Chargers. Considering how many times L.A. shot itself in the foot in this one, my goodness. And that's coming from a Packers fan, someone who has watched every single second of this season. Even for me, it was like, holy shit, this is a real, this is a gag job here. <laughs> but I guess, you know, L.A., La La Land, Hollywood, they do everything bigger and brighter out there. So the Chargers were like, oh, you think you know how to piss a game away up there in little old Green Bay? No, no, no. We'll show you how it's done. Places, everyone. Drops. Fumbles. Drops. And then some more drops. And action. Action. Plus, of course, you know, there's just a lot of choker in the Chargers' DNA, even going back to their days in San Diego, as I'm sure most of you know. But that, that doesn't mean Green Bay didn't play well, because it did. Definitely some great things to take away from this game, and I am very excited to talk about those things right here tonight. With the win, the Packers improved to 4-6 and six on the season. Still good enough for third place in the NFC North. Here's a fun, quick, random stat. Did you know Green Bay has a point differential of zero now? That's right, zero. The Packers have scored 202 points and given up 202 points. Perfectly balanced, I guess you could say. Just had to share that as soon as I could because that's fairly rare to see this deep into the season. Uh, The Detroit Lions, Green Bay's next opponent, remain in first in the North and up their mark to 8-2 after a 31-26 comeback win over the Chicago Bears in Detroit. More on Detroit towards the end of the show, of course. The loss keeps the Bears in dead last. A game and a half behind Green Bay at 3-8. Really? I really thought Chicago was going to pull that one out. I thought they were going to pull off the upset. But as always, as we know... The Bears still suck, so that did not happen. The second place Minnesota Vikings, (laughs) ha ha ha, just saw their five game winning streak come to an end in Denver. As they lost to the Broncos, 21 to 20, the Vikings are now two and a half games behind Detroit for first place. Oh, almost Minnesota, not quite. Before we get into, I enjoyed that game tremendously, so before we get into the fun, you should be having fun already. We just got to, I just got to laugh at the Vikings for gagging away a game to Denver. We laughed at the Bears for gagging a game to Detroit. We're laughing at our rival's pain on a day that we also won. Pretty good, right? But before we get into the fun, I have to do the shameless self-promotion, which I know you love or at the very least tolerate. Twitter, whatever it's called now, it's always going to be Twitter to me. Lamps, M-K-E, at It's Just Chris Now. The Facebook, Old Bag of Donuts, O-L Bag of Donuts. I'm on Instagram, search for Lemp's Talk and Pack. Look for my logo, the green donut that I know you all love so damn much. Still don't really know what I'm doing on Instagram, but I'm figuring it out as I go. The email, Old Bag of Donuts, O-L Bag of Donuts. Once again, O-L Bag of Donuts at gmail.com. Drop me a line whenever it doesn't have to be after the game. You drop me a line during the week. Got a wonderful email from a listener this week who said I should keep screaming. Uh, I hope I'm saying your name right. Is it, is it Jens or Jens? I don't know how I'm sa- how to pronounce your name, but thank you for that email. That was really nice to hear. You told me to keep screaming as if I had any other choice. <laughs> and that you listen to every episode, which, of course, is extremely appreciated. Uh, we're on iTunes. For anyone listening to the wonderful Packers Talk iTunes page, Leave a rating, five stars. Me like those the most. Four stars are good, too. Now, I want to challenge you guys and gals. Haven't had a comment on the iTunes page in a minute. Can we get a comment, a positive one, preferably, on the iTunes page? We're heading into the Thanksgiving week. Come on. It would be a nice gift. Come on. Uh, You can find us on Spotify by searching for Packers Talk and looking for our logo which is the head of the Vince Lombardi statue, which sits outside Lambeau Field. Sure, Vince was happy with what he saw today. Uh, If you subscribe on Spotify, which if you're listening on Spotify, you should be subscribing there. Right at the top, there's a little box with a star. Click on it, five stars. Now, we need to do some clarifying here, some clarification here. Five stars, we like you those the most. Four stars are good, too. I think we got a fairly negative one last week because it dinged us from 4.8 overall to 4.7. And I'm pretty sure that only happens with a negative rating. So what, what's that about? What's that about? You don't like what we're doing? Come on. Two st- I think it was two stars. I'm pretty sure it was a two-star review. That's that's no good. That's no bueno. Come on now. Come on. Five and four. That's what we want to see. That helps with the algorithm. Helps get Packers Talk better placement on Spotify. Then people, you know, can stumble onto us and go, oh, I'm looking for a Packers podcast to listen to. Packers Talk. What's this? Oh, These guys and gals are all awesome. I love them now. And see, that's how that works. We're on the iHeartRadio app. You can find us there as well. And as always, if you listen on a platform I don't mention, please let me know what it is. I would love to know that. And just subscribe. Come on. You know, everybody's pocketbooks are going to take a hit here with the holidays coming up. But we don't charge you anything. We're the free gift that keeps on giving All you have to do is mindlessly mash down on that subscribe button. We deliver the shows right to your phone. We have five shows now, all fire, all money. And again, free. In in, in the holiday season in particular, are you going to get a better deal than that? You are not. Subscribe. And while I have this opportunity, I would like to mention that we have a special offer for our listeners 25% 25% off the new Jerry Kramer biography, Run to Win. Jerry Kramer, NFL Hall of Famer, NFL legend, member of those great Lombardi Packers teams. His new book, Run to Win, just go to triumphbooks.com slash run to win. One more time, triumphbooks.com slash run to win and use the offer code Packers Talk. 25% off. But the offer's only good Through the end of this month. It's already the 19th now. It's already November 19th as I record this. Time's running out November. So get on that. Because speaking of the holidays. Doesn't that sound like a great gift. For that special someone in your life. That special Packers fan in your life. It sure does to me. I say you get on that. Okay. Now that we done. Got all that out the way. Let's go. Let's dive right in. Let's talk about this Packers. Dub. A... Hey, I like where this is going, Dub. That's why you say it that way, right? You got to say it that way, like, oh, yeah, okay, this is nice. Uh, again, progress is nice, but progress and a Dub is, well, that's the sweet spot. That, that's the shit right there, isn't it? Hell, yeah, it is. Give me, an, give me a hell, yeah. And that's where I want to begin tonight, by talking about the continued progress and growth shown by both Love and this young Packers offense as a whole. The last few weeks now, starting with the Rams game at Lambeau, this group has taken steps forward each week. And Sunday, against the other L.A. team, well, this group collectively took its biggest step forward. And let's start with young Mr. Love, shall we? If last week against Pittsburgh was his best day as a pro, it took him exactly seven days... To top that, Love finishing 27-40, of 40, 322 yards, 8.1 yards per attempt. That is outstanding. That's an outstanding yards per attempt number, 8.1. Two touchdowns, and you love this, no picks. After coming close last week, he finally hit the 300-yard mark in this one. And it's the first time, I don't know if you saw this after the game, but it's the first time a Packers QB has done that, since Aaron Rodgers did it against the Chicago Bears in mid-December of 2021. So yeah, (laughs) not a great streak by any means. So it's nice that Love finally snapped that, wouldn't you say? Thought Jordan made a number of really nice throws in this one, right? Second quarter, Love, with a really good throw on the move to Dontavion Wicks for 29 yards. You know, he's rolling out, sees Wicks, stops, delivers a dart, great stuff. Third quarter now. Here's another example. Third and 11 at the Green Bay 25. Love's pass to tight end Luke Musgrave near the sidelines, complete for the first down. Thought that was a really nice pass. Not a huge gain, but it picked up the first and it was a really nice throw from Love. Really, really good stuff there. Did some really nice work over the middle. Nice throws to Jaden Reed. And there's that Wicks guy again. Again. Can, I said this on Twitter during the game. Can someone tell me how the fuck did Dontavian Wicks last until the third round or fifth round? Third round, fifth round. How did that many teams pass on him? I don't know, but I'm sure glad Green Bay picked him up. And it was nice to see the Packers. It felt like they made more of an effort to go to uh, kind of work over the middle today. I want to see more of that. Keep attacking the middle. Let's let's make that a real you know staple of this offense, this passing game. <laughs> and then his two touchdowns. I should say really quick. Uh, I was sick most of last week. I still am getting over kind of this awful upper respiratory thing that I have, my wife has, my kids had. I think that's where we got it from. Because if you're a parent, you know kids are just the gift that keeps on giving when it comes to illnesses. So I'm going to try to utilize my cough button tonight. But I'm not always great at utilizing it. So there may be some coughs during the show. Apologies in advance. But hey, even if I'm not 100%, I'm still here gutting it out. Because that's how much I love all of you. But back to Jordan Love. I digress. And then Love's two touchdown passes were both excellent, excellent throws. The first one. Second and nine at the LA 11. Late third quarter. Love with time. Fading back a little. Floats one to Christian Watson. Hey, there he is. Welcome, Christian. Who ran a crosser. Got behind the secondary to be open in the end zone for the score. Great throw and great work from Watson on that play. You know, if we rip Watson when he struggles... You got to give him credit. That was great work from him on that route. Nice work to get behind the defense again. Get wide open. PAT is no good. Oh, don't worry. More on that in a bit. But still, 16-13 Packers. Four seconds to go in the third. And then the eventual game winner. Oh, how nice is it to say that? The eventual game winner from Jordan Love. Second and eight at the LA 24. 2.34 to go in the game. Love finds Romeo Dobbs in the end zone. Now, Dobbs, as was pointed out on the broadcast, was supposed to run an out, but then he saw no one upfield, so he kind of cut the route and took off instead. Threw the arm up. Love floats a beauty to him in the end zone. This time, PAT is good. 23-20 Packers. Big, big time throw from Jordan Love there. Money throw. And Dobbs did a nice job going up for it and snatching it too. But yeah, just a great throw from Love in that spot. You know, obviously I've talked about this a lot on the show. Talked about it at length last week. That Love had to start finally cashing in on these late game opportunities. You know, that if Jordan Love is going to be the guy in Green Bay long term, he couldn't keep coming up short in those spots. Well, he absolutely, absolutely, freaking-lutely came through in the clutch in this one, which you love to see. And a day like today, I really feel like this could end up being so huge for his development. Here's why. Because he hasn't had one of these in a minute, right? Has this has this, the, the comeback against the Saints. Then it's a bunch of misses in these late game opportunities. So for him to see that, you know what? I can do this again. That first one wasn't in a fluke. Like, I have this in me. That could be big for him going forward. It really could be. Now, it wasn't perfect. Now, it wasn't perfect. He missed on a couple you'd like to see him hit, right? The sideline shot to Musgrave most notably. You know he'd love to have that one back. And he's still putting too much air on his deep balls overall. But despite that, you can just see that he's starting to stack success now. It's kind of all coming together, right? Stacking success, as Mike McCarthy used to say. How much so? I want to read you this tweet. This is from... Packers beat reporter Brian, or Brian, excuse me, Ryan Wood. uh, Packers beat writer for the USA Today Network. He tweeted this after the game. Jordan Love over the past three games. 68 of 106. 64.1% completion percentage. 839 yards. 7.91 yards per pass. Five touchdowns. Two picks. 96.3 rating. Most importantly, a 2-1 and record. Jordan Levin is three games before that. 61 of 102. 59.8% completion percentage. 591 yards. 5.79 average. Three touchdowns. Six picks. 61.3 rating. And and 0-3. As Ryan Wood says at the end. Sure looks like growth. I agree with you, Ryan. So those stats really paint the picture, I think, of of how much Jordan Love has improved these last three weeks, which is fantastic, you know. If we were wondering if it was ever going to happen... It sure as hell looks like it's starting to happen. And, you know, Love made some big-time throws, yeah. But another part of his game that I really loved Sunday was his decision-making, which, as we know, has been a little suspect at times this season. He really seemed to have a great feel Sunday for when to push it and when to kind of settle for the short stuff, the check-downs, the stuff to the flat, you know, the dump-offs. And oftentimes, when Love did lay it up short on Sunday, the young playmakers took care of the rest. I mean, there's Wicks on the eventual game-winning touchdown drive, right? Wicks runs a little curl route, a little sit route, breaks it, takes the pass from Love, breaks the tackle, and just takes off. Picks up 36 yards in all, down to the LA 26. On the drive that ended in the Watson touchdown, there's Tucker Craft taking a short Love pass out in the flat, turning it upfield, breaking tackles, working the sidelines. It appeared that he got in the air. It looked like he maybe got in the end zone, On review, he didn't. He did go out of bounds. Still a great play from Kraft. That felt like Kraft's really kind of his welcome to the NFL moment, I think. You know, big pickup of 27 on that. Finally seeing some of that athleticism that made him a third-round pick back in the spring. Maybe he can break the third-round curse. That would sure be nice, huh? And then late in the first half, there's that Reed guy again, picking up 19 on a swing pass, weaving his way through the holes. Man, how good is he going to be? How freaking good is Jaden Reed going to be? Holy balls, what a Grand Slam pick that was. Grand Slam draft pick by Brian Gutekunst on that one. That driving it in a short Carlson field goal. That tied the game at 10-10. So all of those plays, all of those short plays that the young playmakers turned into big gains all led to points. Very important. Big, big, big time stuff. you love it. Um... And then Reed also opened the second quarter. Uh, first play of the quarter. Uh, takes the play action. End around from Love around the right end. Head of steam. Some nice blocking from Malik Heath and Musgrave. He does the rest. Takes to the house for the score. That was that was Green Bay's first points of the day. 7-3 Packers. 14.53 to go in the first half. So those guys were all getting it done. And there was A.J. Dillon also making things happen on the short pass plays. The checkdowns. The dump-offs. He was racking up the Yaks. So yeah. There really were a bunch of yak contributors in this one. The pack was racking up the yak, I suppose you could say. Uh, And I think we can say now, this young group of pass catchers is really, truly legit. This is a group the Packers can move into the future with. Is the group all the way complete? Maybe not yet. Probably not yet. But I do believe the majority of it is there. Yeah, I can say that. Yes, great stuff. Great, great stuff. As for the defense, well, again, I mean, <laughs> we have to say it up front, they were aided tremendously by the Chargers, and their mountain of unforced errors in this one. The L.A. drops. I mean, oh my god. Justin Herbert had to just be sick after this one, don't you think? I mean, he played a whale of a game. I said last week he's a stud, and, and I think maybe for Packer fans who don't get to watch the Chargers or just don't care to watch the Chargers, you saw why I was saying that last week, today, because he's a stud, man. Again, a whale of a game. 21 of 36, 260, two touchdowns, no picks, and oh yeah, 73 yards on eight carries. Even I didn't realize Herbert could do it like that on the ground, but oh my God, he was really making plays happen with his feet. Making guys miss, showing some good athleticism. I mean, he's a beast. Didn't you feel at least, come on, didn't you feel at least a little bad for him? I did. I That can't just be me. I mean, maybe because we've seen so much of that from our guys this year. <laughs> Because I like 260 yards passing, but really, if all those drops are instead catches, which most of them should have been, Herbert probably finishes with what? At least 360 yards? You know? Maybe, maybe even closer to 400? He did everything he could, and yet again, his teammates failed him. None more so than Quentin Johnston. Oh, the Quentin Johnston drop. What a huge break that was for the pack. Third and six. Herbert on the move has Johnston open behind the defense, gets behind the corner. I'm sure you were like me. You were thinking, oh, no, here we go. Shit, here it comes. Here it comes. This is where they blow it. And then, Biff. Whew. Even now, I can't believe he dropped that. I mean, Herbert basically put that in his lap. And Johnston just dropped it. I don't even think... I'm pretty sure I didn't even, like, yell or anything. I think I just kind of went, oh, shit. Wow, really? (laughs) We got one of those? Cool. Uh, That might have just been me, though. But still. It wasn't all LA. There were some impressive performances on the Green Bay defense in this one. Kenny Clark. Gotta start with Kenny Clark. What a monster second half, really monster fourth quarter Kenny Clark turned in, right? Early fourth, Green Bay clinging to a 16-13 lead. L.A.'s offense hauling balls down the field, ripping through the Packers' defense like wet toilet paper. Second and goal to two, handoff to Austin Eckler. It looks like for sure he's going to get into the end zone. And no, 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 there's Kenny. Knocking the ball out, recovered by Rashawn Gary. Packers take over. Wow, great play. And then, of course, L.A.'s final offensive play, right? Fourth and one at the L.A. 35. There's Kenny, batting back Herbert's pass to seal the win for Green Bay. Great stuff from Kenny Clark. And then uh, after recovering the fumble, um, Gary picked up a sack late in the game. That came on a third and ten. That forced a three and out and an L.A. punt late in the game, which was a big spot, of course. So nice to see Gary, too, with a big fourth quarter after he's been maybe a little quiet post-extension thus far. Not bad, but just a little quiet. So it was nice nice to see him make some noise there in that fourth quarter. Good stuff. Uh, Thought Kayshawn Nixon had a nice game minus his late defensive pass interference call. Uh, Carrington Valentine. Three pass breakups from Valentine. He continues to show real promise. There's something there. And then another young guy, another rookie, Carl Brooks, with another sack, his third of the year. So yeah, this defense, again, they got some help. You know? No shame in saying that. And it's just going to be what it is as long as Joe Barry's there. It's always going to be a wild ride. We know that. But there is talent on this defense. I still, in my heart, I believe that, you know? So if there is a new defensive coordinator next year, fingers crossed, he'll at least have something to work with. We can dream anyways, right? I'll tell you something else I'm wishing for. I don't know about you, but I'm wishing for the Anders Carlson we saw earlier in the season. Another missed PAT. Another one, two weeks in a row now? Yeesh. And a missed 52-yarder in the second quarter that was, frankly, not even close. Now, some were saying maybe there were some issues with the snap-hold portion of the kicking unit there, which I didn't notice it live, but that could be the case. I didn't get a chance to go back and look yet. <coughs> Still, Carlson, it's a bummer to see him struggling all of a sudden. It's more than a bummer. It's officially it's, it's a problem at this point for the Packers. He needs to get things going back in the right direction. It really hurt the team last week, of course, and it could have done so again Sunday. They got lucky that that didn't come back to bite them, for sure. And then, the, you know, the more special team stuff, the two penalties on on Levitt, down Levitt on the opening kick, just, you can't have those. That wiped out a really nice Nixon return, but Nixon is so good, of course, he had another one later in the game anyways. <laughs> and then Daniel Whelan. That's two weeks in a row I'm mentioning him now, mentioning the punter. He hit the ball really well. He's shaping up to be a solid special teams weapon for the pack. Hopefully he can keep this going once it gets really cold soon. Because that's going to be, you know, kind of the final big test for him. To see if he can be the guy. Can he punt in the cold? Because we've had punters that looked like they could and then it got cold. And, you know, I don't want to name any names, but you know who I'm talking about. Got the, got the, Once it got cold, they, they turn, you know, Cinderella turned back into the pumpkin or whatever. Uh, it struck midnight for Cinderella. There we go. So yeah, offense took another big step forward. Defense got some help and did just enough. And the special teams, well, hit and miss. (laughs) Hit and miss. Not necessarily complimentary football overall, but it's not insulting football either. And on Sunday, it was enough for the pack to come out on top. Take a drink of water. Okay, (laughs) let's open the bags now. The Twitter bags the email bags, the facey bags, the egg bags, all the bags to hear what you all have to say after this dub. Let's start with Twitter. First one comes from Justin Cornwell at Justin A. Cornwell, longtime friend of the show. Going back to the Podbean days. Thanks as always, Justin. He writes, the win itself felt like a gift from the Chargers once again finding a way to lose. Defense still leaves a lot to be desired, but I'm riding high on the playmaking from Love and the Young Weapons. Throw Aaron Jones, avoiding a serious injury, and it was a hell of a day. Yeah. Let's talk about Aaron Jones, because it really, it looks like they dodged a bullet on that. When he, you know, he was, was he crying? He was almost in tears. He might have even been in tears. Come on, you could just see how crushed he was coming off the field. And to see him be that way, I was like, oh, he knows the season's over. And then you start thinking about his contract. He's got a big contract number for next year. He's nearing 30, I believe. I don't know if he's quite 30 yet. But he's nearing 30. I know that. You start thinking about the injury and... Him nearing 30. And you just go... and Again, the injury, him nearing 30, the big contract number. And you go, shit, man. Like, did we just see Aaron Jones play his final play as a Green Bay Packer? Is this going to be his last game? Like, I really started thinking that. and I was like, oh, man. God, that's so depressing. I know I'm not alone on that, thinking that. That was so depressing. So to hear him say after, you know, it's not a long-term thing. Lafleur saying they didn't think it was a long-term thing. Great news. Thank you, Vince. Thank you, Vince in heaven. Thank you for that. Um, And you're right, you know, the playmaking from Love was great. But yeah, I mean, they've got the group. Yeah, this even, you know, I think we can even say that about Love now. It feels like this is going to be the group they go into next season with. At this point, I don't think they're going to take a quarterback. I'll just keep saying that. Outside of Drake May and Caleb Williams, I wouldn't want any of these other guys anyways. No. And they're not going to be in a position to take either one of those two. And I don't think... Yeah, I just... I don't think... It's not going to happen. You know? We're going to go into next season with Jordan Love and this group, and I feel good about that. I feel good about where this group is going. I think they've shown enough now that they can be the group for next season. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, good stuff, Justin. Thank you for that. All right, our next one comes from Brew Crewer, my former Old Bag of Donuts podcast co-host. One of my former Old Bag of Donuts podcast co-hosts, one of my bestest friends in the world, Adam Summers, Brew Crewer at a underscore Time on Twitter. He writes, "Don't want to harp on a negative after this W, but Lafleur's play calling is still a huge, con- huge concern. Third and short situations, going to full going to full turtle mode at the end of the game instead, etc." Yes, it's good he takes accountability afterwards, but it's time to actually show the change. Okay, some positivity. Dobbs, Musgrave, and the truth. Jaden Reed were awesome and got me excited for the future with love. Even No. Will Fuller earned a reprieve for a week with that touchdown. No. Dak Will Fuller. That's it's a good one, buddy. We're just talking about Christian Law or Christian Watson. So, um, you know what though? Yeah, I don't think you're harping. You're right. There were Lafleur's play calling was definitely a suspect in this one. Let's start with the third and short. I assume you're talking about let me put my notes here. That was early in the game. The Packers after that LA turnover on downs was that on that was that after that? Hold on, let me put my notes here. Uh Oh, that was no, that was Green Bay's first possession of the game. Excuse me. Green Bay's first offensive... I assume you're talking about this play. First offensive possession of the Packers. First for either team. Third and one at the LA 49. And for some reason, he has the whole offense jammed in tight. Like it looked like it was going to be the tush-push play. I hate saying that phrase. But that's what it looked like it was going to be. Could we call that the love thrust? Instead of the tush-push? Is that too vulgar? That might be. I kind of like that. The love thrust. (laughs) Anyways, um... That's what it looked like the play was gonna be. So when they did the little sideways end around run with Reed instead, I was like, what? Way too cute, way too cute. Terrible call. Ended what looked like a was ended what looked like uh was gonna be a promising drive. So I assume that's what you're talking about. I did not like that either. And yes, really was not at all a fan of LaFleur going run, run, run after Green Bay got the ball coming out of the two-minute warning. Let me put my notes here. Yeah, so the Packers take over at their own 41. one forty-seven to go in the game. L.A. has all three timeouts. Now, I understand you want to run the ball at least once there. I don't even mind running it twice there, especially with a big physical back like A.J. Dillon. But I hated running it on 3rd and six at the Green Bay 45. Did not like that at all. Love was getting it done. Love was having a great day, man. Put the ball in Jordan Love's hands And let him win the game. Let him stick the dagger for you. That's what I would have done. I suspect that's what a lot of people wanted him to do there. Instead, he goes with the run. LA uses their final timeout. So really, yeah, they got him to use all three of their timeouts, but they only took 12 seconds off the clock. So that could have ended up really biting him. He was really tempting the football gods on that one. I will say that by being fairly gutless in that spot. But um, it worked out in the end. But yeah, I would have just, I did not like full turtle mode at the end either. I'm with you on that one, buddy. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah, it is time. I, I want to see them be a little, like, I don't mind some of the trick stuff, the cute stuff, but I don't feel like he's always using it in the right spots. You know, I think he's like he's got to pick his spots better with that. So, yeah. Good stuff on that one, buddy. Thank you very much. Our next one comes from Javier Cabrera at Jocker Cabrera24. Nice to hear from you, Javier. He writes, Jordan came through today. Loved his poison demeanor on that game-winning drive. We've seen him cough off those chances, but he pulled through today. The rookies had big moments on both sides of the ball, too. Go, go! Yeah. He did. He really came through. That's why I was so... I was like, man... I was like, I was really... Like, I know the defense... <laughs> the Packers' defense is what it is, but after he threw that touchdown to Dobbs, I was like, God damn you, God, God damn you, defense. Don't you screw this up. You better just clinch this one for Jordan because he finally showed he could come through in the clutch. Now, don't turn around and blow this for him. Don't don't blow this for us, Gene. <laughs> to quote the famous SNL uh, Blue Oyster Cult sketch. Um, I was like, don't blow this, don't blow this. So I was so glad they didn't because, you know, it was such a big moment for Love. Like I said, I really think this can be a big moment for him going forward. He showed now, like, I'm not the one time I did this against the Saints wasn't just a fluke. Like I can do this, I can do this on the regular. Now. Like I can finish. That could a day like today could be so huge. We could look back in two, three, four, five years from now and point to today as a potentially huge day in the career of Jordan Love. I sure hope we do. I sure hope we are going to do that. Um, his poison demeanor always so impressive to me. That's one of the things I I, I thought I've said all along that that. That suits him well for the roller coaster that this year was was gonna be and has been. Was that he's got that poise and demeanor. He's just cool. He's just a cool customer, man. He doesn't get rattled, not too high, not too low. He's right even keel. It's perfect. He's got the perfect demeanor to handle a season like this. And I think it's a big reason why I still have a lot of belief in him going forward. I still think he can be the guy and will be the guy. So, yeah, good stuff from you there, Javier. Thank you. Our next one comes from Adrian at Adrian Suarez. Nice to hear from you, Adrian. He writes, I'm excited to see growth from the offense. Valentine is a total shit talker. Seems to have the game to back it up. And I'm here for it. Yeah, like I said earlier, three pass breakups from Valentine today. He really, they've got something with him. You know, like with, uh, I said earlier, how did Wicks last until the fifth round? How did Valentine last until the seventh round? This kid just looks like a player. I think he's definitely got starter potential. Maybe down the road, I think he can be a guy for this defense. And you're right, he's a total shit talker. I love his attitude, his swagger. He brings a real fu to this defense that this defense still needs. The Packers still need more fu. And I love that Valentine is doing his part to to, to bring that to the group. I'm with you, man. I think they have something in that kid. I really do. He's, none of this looks too big for him. Which is rare for not just a rookie, but a seventh round rookie. None of this looks too big for Valentine. He looks like he's like, yep, I should be out here. I belong out here. And he's playing like it, which is great to see. Hopefully he can keep that up. Be a big, big test for him on Thursday. Hopefully Jock can come back for that one. All right, so let's go to the Twitter DMs. Uh, Let's go to Kyle. Kyle, I'm so sorry. I forgot to read your email on the show last week. So let's start with you this week. This is Kyle Truax at Kyle Truax. He writes, Lamps, well, how about that? A big old W. I will take it. I'm interested in your thoughts though. How much was this a Packers win compared to a Chargers loss? Herbert is him and there were a lot of drops by his receivers that could have made this game look a lot different. But them's the breaks as they say. Also, who's our number one receiver? Wicks and Reed look pretty friggin' good. Light the candle, baby. Sad to see Jones go down with what looks like a significant injury. How the Pack respond the rest of the season will be interesting to say the least. Any way you spin it, though, a win's a win, and that feels a hell of a lot better than a loss. Keep on trucking with the good work. Go Pack, go. Cheers. Well, thank you for that compliment, Kyle. Keep on trucking with the good work. I will do my best. Appreciate you always listening to the show. That's, that's good. Um... All right, so some stuff to unpack here. Where should we begin? Uh, how much was this a Packers win compared? Well, like I said earlier, you know the the the, the Chargers' offense, their skill position guys certainly did their part to lose the game. Um, and you're right, if they catch those balls, a lot of them again that they that they should have ca- they should have caught. You know, a lot of them were fairly easy catches. I thought um, the game probably is different. Yeah, I would agree with you there. But I, So in that sense, yeah, the Chargers lost it. But I think the Packers also won it because of the play of the offense. You know what I mean? Like I said, it was partially a Chargers loss. I don't know if this makes sense. It was like 40% a Chargers loss and 60% a Packers win. And most of that 60% comes from Jordan Love and the offense, which is the most important part. Right? Like, yeah, the Chargers kind of helped you know, gift wrap this one. But the, the the Packers, particularly offense, did the rest, and that's what you want to see. Like, what the defense does the rest of this season is kind of... I mean, you're hoping for good performances. You talk about a like, guy kind of like Valentine, for example. But it is the offense that's going to write how we feel about this team. They're going to write most of the story about how we feel about this season. So the fact that they were the ones that kind of made up the rest of that 60% that Green Bay won... That's what you like to say. I hope that made sense. Um, I should mention I'm on prednisone, the steroid, for this cough. So I don't know if prednisone makes you a little goofy. So if I come off a little goofy at some of this stuff, I do apologize. Aren't you already? Aren't you always goofy, Chris? Yeah. You could say that. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see what else. Who's our number one receiver? Oh, that's a good question. I think right now it's probably Jaden Reed. Yeah. I think so. Well, I think he's their number one offensive weapon right now. No, I think it's Wicks. Let me, let me, let me go back. I think Wicks is their number one receiver right now. Yeah, at this point. But I think they've got, you know, a couple of guys that could be, it could be Wicks, it could be Reed. So I'd say, I'd say it's one of those two at the moment, yeah. But I'll, I'll give the nod to to Wicks slightly. Um, again, though, it does look like Jones avoided significant injury, which is great. And, uh, Yeah. Thank you for all your thoughts there, Kyle. Appreciate that. Our next one comes from Rob Gardner, number 58, over there in the UK. What's up, Rob? Okay, Lemps. I will take that win. The offense looked okay, barring the O-line. On the D, I have figured out Barry's 101 playbook. Third down is to pressure the front and relax on the DB coverage. I'm not this kind of person, but I really, and I mean really, enjoyed the Chargers drops. It makes me feel the world hasn't jinxed us. Question to you. What is your favorite Packers play since you've been a fan? Mine has to be the Hail Mary play against the Lions. I was on the way back from a wedding in New Zealand and I stopped off in LA for a short trip on the way home. I got the time zone mixed up and turned up late at the bar to watch the game to the point the barman laughed at me and informed myself that my bar bill would be paid if the Packers came back and the rest shall I say is history. Wow, that's an awesome story, Rob. Um, that's cool that he paid your tab. I'm sure he loved that. I'm sure he loved that Hail Mary. Oh, my favorite Packers play since I've been a fan. That's a tough one to answer. Kind of on the spot like this, I'd have to think about it. I've seen, so, I've been fortunate enough to see so many great ones. You know, the first game I went to, I think I just mentioned this recently, was my 12th birthday, 13th birthday. Oh no, 12th October 10th 1993. Packers Broncos Sunday Night Football TNT Reggie sacks John Elway twice. The Broncos were storming back. Looked like they were going to steal it late. Reggie sacks Elway twice to end the game. Right, sacks him on third and fourth down. So that's obviously up there. You know the Antonio Freeman he did what? Um, catch against the Vikings. Oh God, just off the top of my head here. Um, the Favre to Sterling Sharp pass against the Lions in the playoffs. The game, the eventual game winner uh, Desmond Howard's kick return touchdown in the Super Bowl, um, Rogers to Randall Cobb to win the division over the Bears in the final week of the regular season. I mean, there's just so many, you know, Nick Collins in the Super Bowl, the, the, the pick six over, uh, you know, against Pittsburgh. So I've seen so many, you know, that might be a good, that might be a good uh, off season show. I'll make note of that. Um, I've I've seen so i been I've been so blessed to see so many I I couldn't pick one at the moment but there's a few examples for you anyways so thank you for that um and you know what I mean you're right like I said like it, it was nice I mean as bad as I felt for Herbert it was nice to see it happen to the other team all the drops for once like I said and you know in the opening like even even for me as a Packer fan I was watching all those drops going like holy shit. Like, the Packers have blown some games this year. The Chargers are really blowing this game. So I see what you're saying there. Thank you for that, Rob. All right, so that's Twitter. Let's go to Facebook now. We have two. Two on Facebook? Two. Yeah, hold on here. Our first one comes from Daniel. My buddy out there in Vancouver, British Columbia. I'm sure he's enjoying the wonderful start to the season The Canucks are turning in. One of the surprise teams in the NHL. I'm sure you're enjoying that, Daniel. Anyways, Daniel writes, Progress! We're looking for progress this season, and it's fair to say we are seeing progress right now. Dylan is stepping up big time. Well, he's the last man standing in that running back group. Oh boy, those injuries this year. Reed and Wicks, love to see what they're doing. But Love and Watson's still not in the same library. I hope they figure it out at some point. A few less drops, less dumb penalties, and no missed field goals, and I'm actually pretty happy with this offense and the defense. Please get rid of Barry. In the, <laughs> please get rid of Barry in season. Gives you more time to implement a new coordinator and scheme to prepare for next season. <clears throat> right now, this is hot garbage. Maybe after the Lions blow us out with a 200-plus yard game on the ground, is good timing to send him where the black pepper grows. Ten points if you know where this is coming from, or ten points if you know where the saying is coming from. Yes, did you see Ronix 100-plus mile-per-hour snapshot goal the other night? Holy moly, this guy's having a season in Vancouver right now. Cheers and have a good rest of the day. I did see Ronix 100-plus. Did he hit 107? 108 on that slapper? I said I never had a problem with Ronick in Detroit. I think Iserman just made that trade because, I, I, to me, it felt like they wanted to get younger a little bit, get some more picks. You know, maybe his timeline didn't necessarily line up with where the team's timeline was. Because they are so young. But I never had a problem with Ronick. It's nice to see that he's playing so well out there in uh, Vancouver. And like I said, the Canucks, I know, are one of the surprise teams in the NHL this season. Which I'm, is, is cool to see. So, um, so yeah. There's some hockey. that Lamb's talking puck. Uh, <clears throat> um, let's see. You know, because I used to talk about the Red Wings. When the Lions would lose every week, I'd go, well, you know hey, you still got the Red Wings and their young team. But the Lions are so good now, I'm like, I don't want to talk. Like, you, that's already enough. <laughs> you don't need anything else to feel good about Detroit. Plus, you know, people Lions fans are Red Wings fans and I'm a Red Wings fan. I don't want to make it weird. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, um... Let's see. Dylan is stepping up big. He continues to run hard. I thought he looked great. What did he finish with receiving-wise? I didn't even look. <laughs> Four catches for 32 yards. He had that 20-yarder. Looked really good. Really good catching the ball. And I thought, you know, there wasn't much there on the ground, but I thought he just, you know, ran hard and made all the yards he could. So, yeah, he's, I think he's had a really, you know, I say to what is it the last five, six weeks, he's been really good. Yeah, I, I've been impressed with A.J. Dillon. Um, to the point where I think he might be back next year. If the money isn't too big, I could see A.J. Dillon maybe coming back. And that number two running back role. Um, Love and Watson still not in the same library. No, you yeah, you're right. There's still it's a work in progress. But here's the thing: here's what I loved about the touchdown to Watson. They got him out in space and got him on the move. I talked on the show last week about they're trying, they've been trying to make Watson something he isn't. You know, this big time jump ball contest basically Devontae Adams. And he's not Devontae Adams. Not now, probably not ever. But what he can be is a guy you can use his size and his speed to get him in space and find those open patches and get behind the defense where love can find him, like you saw in the touchdown today. That's how Christian Watson should be used. Get him out in space. He's not a phone booth guy. He's a space guy. So so play to his strengths. Get him out in space. They did that today and they got a touchdown out of it. So Maybe they're figuring it out a little bit. Um, and you're right, you know. If you think about it, with if Carlson hits that field goal, and I know 52 yards isn't, I mean, it's a long field goal, but he certainly has a leg for it. If he hits that field goal, hits the extra point, not 23-20 now, it's 27-20, even better. Um, they won't get rid of Barry in season. I know that's what you're saying. In your, um, <laughs> I know you're imploring them to do that, but they're not going to do that. I mean, it is what it is at this point. Again, it's not about wins and losses. You know, and I think everybody kind of knows that Barry's... Oh, burp, got to keep it real. 45 minutes in. Um, I think everybody knows Barry's probably not going to be back next year. So, and who would you get at this point to replace him anyways? You know what I mean? 11 weeks into the season. But I think there will be a new defensive coordinator next year. I, I really believe that. And I don't know where you're saying it's coming from, where the black pepper grows. If anybody does know, let me, tell me. I'd love to know where that saying comes from. Because I could have cheated and looked it up, and I didn't. Because I'm honest. All right, our next one comes, thank you for that, Daniel. Our next one comes from Sean. He writes, didn't watch the game today, so don't want to comment, but curious to know your thoughts about Watson's dad going after the fan base and LeFleur's passionate defensive Joe Barry this week. Is LeFleur's defense defensive Barry the best defensive play of the season? <laughs> Go back. Well, I'm bummed you didn't get to watch the game today, Sean. You missed a good one. Uh, Watson's dad, You know... (sighs) Being a father now myself, I understand the inclination to want to, like, go on social media and defend your son. And especially Packer fans, who can be notoriously pretty brutal. I understand the urge to do that, but I just... Parents, you know, players' parents fighting with fans, I just... (sighs) What good comes of that? For anybody. Does any good come out of that? So, I I think it's better. It would have been better if his dad maybe just, you know, maybe just kept his thoughts to himself. I know his dad has playing experience, but maybe it would have been better. I just, what good comes out of that? Players, families, arguing with fans. It's just, it's so messy. So, I kind of wish he would have just kept his thoughts to himself. To be honest. Um, The Fleur's passionate defensive Joe Barry. I mean, Barry's his guy. You know, I mean, they're like buddies. He likes Joe Barry. He's going to defend Joe Barry. <laughs> and I don't think it's a situation where they have to fire Barry. I believe Barry's contract is just up at the end of the year. So I doubt they even fire him. He'll probably just not have his contract renewed. But I'm not surprised he defended him. I mean, that's his guy, you know. I feel like he kind of defended him strongly after the game today, too. But yeah. So not, yeah, there's that. All right. So we got Twitter. Thank you for that, Sean. We got Twitter. The Twitter DMs. Facebook. Let's go to Email. Pull these up now. All right. Our first one comes from Philip. Philip writes Herbert's got to be pissed. His skill players were horrendous. Glad to see Love orchestrate that drive. Hated the final handoff to Dylan. Tell Love to take a sack if nothing is there. Romeo Dobbs reminds me of Donald Driver. Not the fastest, biggest, tallest, but constantly makes the most out of everything. So thank you for that, Philip. Um, Oh, I'm sure Herbert was furious. If I was Herbert, I would have just been screaming at all those guys in the locker room. You know? you I know you have to have more composure than that as a pro quarterback, but... If it were me, I would have been screaming at those guys, because holy shit, that was... Their effort today was unacceptable. Again, he should have had 360 and, like, three or four touchdowns and probably a Chargers win. But they blew it for him, so... I'm sure he was furious. But he's a class act. I like Herbert a lot. He's a class act, so I'm sure he didn't do that. Um, What else? Yeah, talked about that final drive. Didn't like the final handoff to Dylan either. Thought that was weak. Romeo Dobbs reminds you of Donald Dar- Driver. Well, I would take issue with one thing you said. Driver was pretty fast. Uh, Driver could run. So drive, drive. I would take issue with you saying not Driver was not the fastest. But certainly Driver... As a 7th round pick, I mean, he squeezed everything he had out of his talent. (laughs) And turned himself into a great, great wide receiver. One of the best wide receivers in Packers history. And I do see some of that in Dobbs. Now, I don't think Dobbs, Dobbs is never going to have driver's speed. Which I would say, I would consider top end. He's not going to have that top end speed that driver had. But you're right, he does seem like a guy who's going to kind of squeeze, he's going to get the most out of his gifts. Absolutely, the most out of his talent. He's going to squeeze, he's going to squeeze all the juice out. Dobbs definitely seems like that kind of guy, you know. And I think he will, there will be, I, can, I see another similarity to Driver in that Driver was so reliable in big spots, you know. Third and nine, we gots to have it, you know. Red zone situation, gots to have it. Go to Driver. I think Dobbs has some of that, and I think that'll develop. I think he'll that'll continue to develop. I think he's got that. I see. I see how he, he compares to Driver in that sense. Yeah, I see what you're saying most of the way. Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a that's a decent comp in a lot of respects. So thank you for that, Philip. Our next one comes from Kyle Trepenning, who refuses to get Twitter. Again, every day on fucking Twitter is worse than the day that preceded it. It's like that scene in office space when he's at the hypnotist and he goes every day is worse than the day before. He goes, so every day you see me you're seeing me on the worst day of my life. That's the Twitter experience. That office space scene is the Twitter experience every freaking day. It really is. So you not getting Twitter again, the right call. (laughs) Was once again unable to watch but again followed play by play and other means. I felt this game from the beginning was winnable. I think I thought that even last week. From what I've seen, Love is taking some strides forward these last few games. Love to see it. Still not happy with the defense, just the scheme. Hopefully this doesn't cool off Barry's seat. Now for a short gauntlet for the Packers. Can the team show they can keep up the improvement? I'm not expecting wins, but if they can at least hang with the Lions and Chiefs and make them close, then I will be satisfied. Won't be watching the next game, or I doubt I will. I haven't seen my extended family in years, and they come first. Family, then Packers. So to my Packer, and my Lamps Nation family, happy Thanksgiving to the other Kyles, the Shans, and Chris. Everyone, go Pack go. Well, thank you for that, Kyle. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours and the extended family as well. Glad that you're going to finally get to see them. That's awesome. Um, Let's see. Uh, yeah, let's talk about the gauntlet. Because um, these next two weeks are going to be real. I'll talk about this more towards the end of the show, too. But these next two games are going to really kind of show us how much, just how much progress the Packers have made, right? Short week, going into forward field against the Lions. We know how good they are. Then you get the kind of extended break. And then here comes Mahomes. Here comes Kelsey. Maybe Taylor Swift. We don't know. Coming into Lampo. For the Sunday night game. My sister was asking me when I was there in Appleton if I thought Taylor Swift was gonna be at the game. I I I don't know. I I think she's on tour right now, right? Even if she wasn't. I don't know if Taylor Swift would she come to Green Bay? She might. Yeah, you know, I said I, I said to my wife when we were tailgating before can I say this quick? Before the Rams game, we're tailgating at Lampo. And I said, you know what, I bet if Taylor Swift just came down here with like two bodyguards or three bodyguards and went to Kroll's and wanted to have a couple drinks, she could and people probably wouldn't bother. And that might sound crazy, but I really don't think it is. Like, Taylor Swift is big, but I'll tell you what, she ain't bigger than the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay on game day. So if she just rolled down there like it was no big deal, had a couple of buddies with her, a couple of her gal pals and wanted to have some cocktails... Had some bodyguards. I don't really think people would make that big of a deal. Maybe I'm overestimating the people of Green Bay, but I don't think I am. I think people would just be like, whatever. So, anyways, I just wanted to say that quick. Because <laughs> what is this show without thoughts like that? Um, yeah, you're right. It's going to be a big test. We're going to really see how much progress this team has made these next two weeks. You know, And it is a gauntlet. But I'm excited for it. These are real measuring stick games these next two weeks. We get to really see where they're at. That's exciting to me. So, yeah. Good stuff. Thank you for that, Kyle. Our next one comes from Sean. Sean from Plover. Sean from Lemp's. I was at the game today. Sean from Plover was at the game. And it was super fun to watch. The Packers played some good football all the way around. It was interesting that Watson looked open quite a bit, but wasn't targeted a lot, and Jaden Reed is the bomb. (laughs) Well, thank you for writing in, Sean. Uh... I didn't notice you being at the game you probably had a better view than I did on TV I didn't see Watson open that much but that is interesting um I I feel like his presence really opened some stuff up for other people today too that I think that definitely happened um and Jaden Reed is just I mean you know the thing I love about Jaden Reed he's got that dog mentality talked about it with Valentine a little while ago He's got that kind of FU mentality. I love it. He's just a dog out there. You can see it. You know? It's something about those Michigan State guys, man. He's a dog. And and he brings a real kind of toughness element to this offense that I like. I like what Jaden Reed Reed brings, not just in terms of his skills and his production, but the intangible stuff. I like what he brings to this offense. He's going to be a big-time player. Whether or not he's the number one guy at wide receiver, he's going to be a huge part of this offense for quite a while to come. I I really believe that, which is exciting. So thank you for that, Sean. Glad you had fun at the game. That's great. Our next one comes from Justin. Justin S. He writes in. Nice to hear from you two weeks in a row, Justin. Fun fact, the Chargers haven't won at Lambeau Field since 1984. I was super happy to see the offense flying around the field today. Love actually looked like a professional quarterback. Unfortunately, the old proverb, proverb of if it looks too good to be true, it probably is, might apply here. <laughs> and then Justin sends some stats. Um, Chargers, this is from foxsports.com. The Chargers have the second highest, the second most expensive defense. And they are 31st in total defense, 32nd in pass defense. 11th in rush defense, and 14th in red zone defense. If I was a Chargers fan, I might kill myself. (laughs) Please don't do that. Any any Chargers fans listening? They have the second highest paid defense in the league and are ranked 31st. Holy shit. At least the Packers are on par with what they are spending. Then he has the Packers. They're the 13th most expensive defense, 11th in total defense, 7th in pass defense, 27th in rush defense, 11th in red zone defense. Finally, there's one more proverb I would like to quote any given Sunday. We won, baby! Alright, Well, so thank you for sending those numbers off. I didn't realize the charge. I guess with Bosa and Khalil Mack and Derwin James, that would be a pretty expensive group. Yeah. Um, I think they have a lot of talent. I think their issue is similar to the Packers. I think they have a lot of talent. I just, I don't think Brandon Staley, I don't think much of Brandon Staley. As a head coach, I'm I'm still shocked they didn't fire him after they gagged away that playoff came to Jacksonville last year. Um, I don't think much of Brandon Staley as a coach or as a defensive mind. I know I saw some people saying maybe he'll be Green Bay's defensive coordinator. I'm like, no, 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 no. we don't want that. I don't want Brandon Staley. I, that's the last thing I want after Joe Barry. You saw why today. Um, I don't think much of him. I, you know, I think the Chargers, Ben Johnson, the Lions' offensive coordinator. I think that needs to be the move for them. And I'm not just saying that because it would pull Ben Johnson out of our division. Okay, kind of. But I feel like Ben Johnson with Justin Herbert could really do, that could do some big things for LA. I know there's rumors that maybe Belichick is going to go out there. They need a new head coach in the worst way. I will say that. Um. So yeah, Love, I mean yeah, the defense isn't great. But Love still, you know, you still got to make the plays that are there, and Love did, and thought that was, you know, great to see. Uh So yeah. And I didn't know that they hadn't won since 1984. That's interesting. Those those West Coast teams struggle. Those California teams struggle in Green Bay. I know that. So, thank you for sending that along, Justin. Great to hear from you. Our next one comes from Kyle, who had Twitter, got rid of it, caught it again, got rid of it again. Brilliant decision. <laughs> hey, Chris. Not to be a Do- not to be a Donnie Downer, But I don't know if I would call today a good win, but it certainly is an encouraging one. It took some massive red zone inefficiencies, drops, turnover from the Chargers, who had more mistakes and miscues than Green Bay. That won't happen every week. Owens is tackling on the first LA Chargers touchdown wins the DeGuara My Controller Disconnected Award of the Week. Big yikes. Dontavian Wicks is great, but on that note, it really seemed like he was splitting snaps with Malik Heath. Why? Great stuff from Love today. If he can be more consistent, I'm 100% on board, but the routine stuff needs to be better. I'm right in the middle of hoping for draft position, but also looking at the schedule, thinking this team could easily flirt with 7-10 and 10 or 8-9, and nine, given how cupcake their last five games are. Great day for rookies not named and- Anders Carlson. Chair fund when? As it's near Thanksgiving, what's Lemp's favorite holiday food? Go Pack Go! Kyle. Well, thank you, Kyle. Lots of stuff to unpack here. My favorite holiday food. I, you know, I like stuffing. Other than turkey, I like, and I like dark meat for turkey, I like stuffing. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty basic. Turkey, stuffing, if there's macaroni and cheese or mashed potatoes, I'll have that too. I like a good dinner roll. I like it too much. (laughs) By the looks of my gut, but, um, yeah, I, you know, I'm pretty basic. Turkey and stuffing, I would say stuffing is my favorite side, yeah, especially top, love that, um, alright, start at the beginning here, <laughs> uh, the Owens tackling, that was so bad, what an ole, I, I you're right, that was the Deguara. my controller disconnected winner, of the week, award of the week winner right there, I mean, I don't know what happened, that was like, he just whiffed, You know, I know people are excited that Owens is on the team because Simone Biles is his wife, and but he's just not a very good football player. He just is, he's just, he's a bad football player. I'm sorry. I hate saying that because it's such a cool story with him being on the team and again, Simone Biles being at Lambeau for games and stuff, but he's just not good. I'm sorry. There's no other way to say it. He's a bad football player. He is a one year stopgap guy. I can't imagine he'll be back next year. So just, it is what it is for this year. Um, it did seem like Wicks was, it, it just feel like Wicks is still not a full-time player. And it did feel like he was splitting snaps with Heath. And they really, for the first time in a while, it felt like they wanted to get Heath involved. I'm not quite sure why. I think because Heath, you know, part of the reason he made this team in camp was because of his physicality and his toughness and his run blocking. And he brought kind of a different element. I suspect maybe Lafleur kind of wanted to throw that out there and see what that looked like in an actual NFL game. But, which is fine, but I don't want to see it come at the expense of Wicks because Wicks really is turning into a pretty damn good receiver for this team already. So, I'm con- I'm confused by that too. I-, I don't mind seeing Heath, but I don't want, want him taking away snaps. I don't want anybody taking snaps away from Wicks at this point. He needs to play as much as possible and keep growing. Um, Let's see, what else was else? Yeah, you know, the routine stuff. I mean, that again, that throw to Musgrave, <laughs> that's when he's got to hit. He's got. To, it was a great day for Jordan Love, but he's got to hit that throw. I mean, shit. He 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 lays that in there, and Musgrave might still be running. That's one you could see Love wanted back right away. That was a that was a bad throw for sure. That was probably his low moment of the day. Yeah. Um, draft position. Looking at the schedule. See, that's the thing. I saw. You know, I commented it on Twitter after um, Nyman got blown up, blown up, got blown past by Khalil Mack for that sack. I can't remember at what point it was in the game, but you remember when, obviously when Mack sacked Love. And I said, you know what? I'm back on team. Just give me a left tackle in the first round. And I saw a bunch of people on Twitter going, oh, you know what? Joe Walt from Notre Dame. Again, the kid from Penn State. Like, that needs to be the move. It's left tackle. They're not going to probably be in position to take either one of those guys. It's going to be a left tackle, but it's going to. I think it's going to be a little bit further down after those two. Because you're right, like, they could easily flirt with 7 and 10 or 8. I mean, look at the schedule. I mean, first of all, do people realize, right now, they're only a game and a half behind the Vikings. Well, of course, have the tiebreaker right now. But they're only a game and a half behind the Vikings for the final playoff spot. And I think they're only two games behind Seattle? Like, there's still seven games left. Like, this team could still make a push for the playoffs. But back to that in a minute. Look at the schedule after Detroit and KC. I'm probably getting the order wrong on these, but it's the Giants, Tampa, right? So what? That's seven games. So Giants, Tampa, Carolina, Minnesota on New Year's Eve, and the Bears. Green Bay could easily win four of their last five. Tampa, Carolina, Chicago, and the Giants. They could easily win four of those. So right now, right there, you're looking at eight. Say they lose to the Vikings, that's eight and seven. If they could even somehow, by hook or by crook, split with the Lions and the Chiefs, there's a chance not even seven or ten, seven and ten or eight and nine, they could finish nine and eight. And if they finish nine and eight, they might sneak in the back door of the playoffs. I know that probably sounds crazy, but just look at the schedule. The schedule really is pretty telling. This Packer team could still make a push for the playoffs. So, I, you know, rooting for draft position at this point, I, I would probably advise against that, just because they're going to win a lot of these games down the stretch. I don't know if that makes them a great team, but these opponents, I just keep saying it, it's they're dog shit. So, yeah. Um, it was a great day for a lot of the rookies. You're right, not named Carlson. Carlson's got to get it going. The chair fund, yes. I'm going to set up a chair fund. As soon as I'm finally over this demon respiratory infection, I'm going to go online and set up the chair fund, the, the Kickstarter, PayPal, whatever it is, GoFundMe. People can send me the money for the chair. I'm narrowing it down. I've got a couple of uh, options I'm looking at. Not too expensive. And then when I do, I'll post it online and people, and I'll talk about it on the show. People can donate. And then if we go over the number, I'll take whatever's extra and donate it to some fun charity. Some very worthy charity. So the chair fund is coming. It's coming soon. So thank you for that, Kyle. Our final email comes from my buddy Nick. Okay, Nick. We gotta talk here quick. I have been calling your city in Indiana Corydon. I was informed by someone on Twitter this week that it may in fact be pronounced Corden, Indiana, that no one says the why. So if that's true, I have been saying this name wrong like a jackass for weeks now. I'm told it's called, is there a controversy is, Corried, is it Corydon or Corden? Whatever it is. Just wanted to point that out quick. Um, He writes, hope all is well up in MKE. Corydon or Corden is clear and chilly. My wife had a pretty significant surgery, so I'll do my best not to ramble and go be Nurse Nick for my wife. <laughs> so glad Quay is back. The tempo and speed of the defense is much better with him in the lineup. The D line continues to evolve and the trend and D line continues to evolve and trend in the right direction, yes. A lot of talent over the roster. Josephus will still continue to be a liability with his schemes. Is it a win? Preston wasn't covering Keenan Allen? Is that where my bar is gone? WTF Offense, I'm glad Jones' preliminary testing came back as intact on the ACL. Love that guy, his character and energy. Wicks is out playing a heck of a lot of guys drafted ahead of him. Again, the youth. Reed, Musgrave, Wicks, and shit, even Watson completed a game and contributed. Combined with the D youth, this is a great setup. Not for next week, but for the years to come. Stop the tricky plays early. You said it best. Tempo. Dylan continues to resurgent. Dylan continues the resurgent third stanza of the season. Let's go, baby. Love at his best game as a pro if Matt LaFleur can keep him in his wheelhouse And build that confidence. We may just be cooking with Creek olive oil. Refs really seem to be struggling today. It's good to see the Chargers fans who go to SoFi Stadium also come out for road games. Sheesh. I rented a plane. I swear to God, I'll fly there to take away seats from Chargers fans. Thanks again for the show and everything you do. It's a great community you have built. I failed at keeping it short, LOL. Shout out to all of LTP Nation. Chair fund! (laughs) Nick. That's two chair funds around. I'm telling you, the chair fund is coming. I promise sometime in the next week or two as soon as i can i'm going to get the chair choice made and we're going to get the fun thing going cuz 107 in as always this thing is my ass hurts so bad it's like my legs go numb it's the worst feeling it's the but i love you guys so much i don't even i love you guys and gals so much i don't even mind i fight through it cuz that's what champions do um all right a lot of thoughts here well first of all uh, all our thoughts, our thoughts are from the show or with your wife. Hope she's doing well after her significant surgery. Hope she continues, to, hopefully she continues to heal up. Get well soon. Um. Yeah, glad Quay is back. You did notice a different tempo, a different speed. He almost had another pick today. I tell you, if he starts working on his hands a little bit more, he might really kind of turn into an interception machine there at linebacker. He's moving in the right direction like what I've seen from him. Yep, you're right about the D-line. Continuing to evolve, you saw Brooks more today. Kenny had a big day. They're building something. Wyatt was in; was noticeable a little bit. Like they're building something there. Um, yes, it was a win. Preston wasn't covering Keenan Allen. I agree. That's yes, that's how low the bar is. Um, yeah, right about Jones Wicks. Let's see. Um, you're right. They are set up. You're starting to kind of see the youth on this team. What the future could look like. Talked about the young guys on offense. Guys like Brooks and Valentine and Quay. Yeah, I think that they're laying maybe a pretty good base for the future. They need to add to it, but I think there's a solid base there. Absolutely. Um. Let's see. What else? What else? So, yeah. And thank you for your wonderful comments on the show. Um. I appreciate that. I do put a lot of work into the show going late on Sunday nights like this. So to know that you guys and gals, I'll appreciate that, that. That means the world to me. It is a fun... We have built a fun community here. It's not just me. You guys and gals have all contributed, too. Like, everybody writing in every week and writing me during the week. It does feel like I've got kind of a, a community of listeners here. It's Again, it's a nation. This is LEMPS. We have a LEMPS Talking Pack Nation. That is fair to say. And I couldn't do it without all of you. So thank you to all of you. And thanks for writing in, Nick. And thanks. Was that a picture you sent of you on your airplane? That's an awesome picture, man. Thanks for sending that along. Okay, so that's Twitter, the Twitter DMs, Facebook, email. So let's go to the egg Bag, everybody's favorite. And you know what that means. There's only one. You know where it's coming from. It's coming from Josh. As always, I don't even read this before I read this live on the show because I want to be surprised like everybody else by what Josh has to say. Because I don't know what he's going to say. I know it's going to be a ride. So let's get the ride started. Josh writes, Good evening, Lamps. I'll admit that on the opening drive when Lafleur called a zero-yard route for Musgrave on 4th and 1, I was ready to club some baby seals. But I have to say that for the first time since week one against the Bears, I'm not completely pissed off after a game. Jordan Love looked like a first-round pick for the first time in his career today. That touchdown drive in the fourth quarter might just be the match that finally ignites this kid's career. Jaden Reed is also the clear number one receiver on this team. Wicks is arguably my number two. Also, this fucking foreign exchange student field goal experiment with Hans Christian Andersen needs to come to an end. Send him back to Denmark to whatever snow globe sweatshop he came from. I still believe that non-consensual prison sex is ahead versus Detroit and Kansas City, but if Love plays down the stretch like he did today, we might just have ourselves a QB1 Sweet baby Jesus, we might end up picking in the teens. Josh. Hans Christian Anderson to whatever snow globe sweatshop he came from. Also, non-consensual prison sex got mentioned. That has to be a first for the show. Josh, I just, again, I just, I know, I know he's coming with the heat. He's in the bullpen. I put him in, I keep him in the bullpen. I have him right towards the end. He's in the bullpen. He, Josh is like the setup guy for Gene at this point. Who we're going to get to in a minute. Josh is like the setup guy. He comes in. He's throwing 100 miles an hour in the gun. Sets it up for Gene to come in and close it out. Also throwing 100 miles an hour in the gun. So I saved my two flamethrowers right for the end. And they never disappoint. Um, yeah, I didn't like... Yeah, the fourth and one call. As bad as the third and one call was to read the end around. With everybody tight like that. The fourth and one throw to Musgrave. might I didn't even mention that. That might have been even worse. Because <laughs> you're right. It was a... God, I'm laughing here. It was a zero-yard route. I didn't understand that either. So, um, definitely was furious about that. But you're right. It was, yeah. Uh, Jordan Love looked great. Now, you say you think Wick, Reed is the clear number one. Wicks is the two. I would say Wicks and Reed. But I think they're so close. I wouldn't argue with you. I wouldn't argue with anybody who says it's Reed, Reed one. Wicks two. Right now, I've got Wicks one, Reed two, but I think they're so close. They're kind of interchangeable. And to have that is awesome with two rookies. That's awesome. Because it's only going to go up from here with those two. Um, What else? Uh, we might end up picking. I think they are going to end up picking in the teens. That's my guess. If I had to guess, this team probably finishes eight and nine or seven and 10, which probably puts some. What like tenth or eleventh, probably eleventh or twelfth, somewhere like in the eleven to thirteen range. The Jets lost again today. So remember my Rogers conspiracy theory from last week. Did you hear what he said? What Schefter reported was it Schefter or report this morning, or both of them, about basically the Jets next two weeks we're going to determine whether or not Rogers comes back. But he's saying he's ready. I told you. I told you all. He is going to let them, he, they lost today. He's going to let them lose to Miami on Friday. And he's going to go, well, my knee, my my Achilles is fine. I'm ready to go. But with the team out of playoff contention, we're going to wait. Is his Achilles really ready? Of course not. We saw it blow up on TV. But he's going to make everybody think he won. He beat the medical establishment. And he beat all the doubters who said you couldn't be back this quick. He's going to go, well, I beat him. But the team just wasn't ready. I told you that was my conspiracy theory. It looks like I'm going to be right on that one. But I just mentioned that because the Jets, I think the Packers are going to be picking 11 to 13. I think that Jets second round pick is going to be in the like, in that range, you know, 11 to say 14 or 15. And the Bills won today. They beat the Jets. So that helps the Packers in that respect. But then the third round pick we get from the Bills now for Douglas will go down a little bit. I still think that pick... Probably ends up being like 20 or 21 in the third round. So they'll have their own pick, which will be like mid-first, their own second, mid-second, a mid-second from the Jets, their own mid-third, and then like kind of a latest three from Buffalo. So five pretty, you know, five pretty decent picks. Not bad. You can work with that. I think who can work with that. So yeah, good stuff, Josh. All right, our final one. My voice is going out, by the way. I apologize. I've got, I'm drinking so much water just to keep it going during the show. Our final question comes from my other former Old Bag of Donuts podcast co-host, my other bestest friend in the world, Gene Bossling. Gene, I know Josh just hit 100 on the gun. I know you're going to hit 100 on the gun, so let's go. Gene writes, This is one of those games that gives you some hope and makes the shopping list pretty clear. There's some playmaking ability in that receiver group and Love might have played his best game of the year. The front seven made game-winning plays at the end and there were even some moments from the young corners. Moments aren't enough, of course, and they can sometimes suck you into thinking a guy is better than he is. But if those moments become more consistent, maybe they have something. Get a left tackle, another lineman, an affordable running back, and a corner or two. And oh, maybe a kicker from a family that can function at Lambeau Field. That's a lot to do, but they'll have the picks. Man, this roller coaster, man, this season takes you all over the roller coaster, doesn't it? Quinn Johnston is Yancey Thigpen Light. And see, the tail end of your fastball came in even hotter with the Yancey Thigpen. Anytime you can get a Yancey Thigpen mention on the show, for people who remember the day Yancey saved Christmas by dropping that ball at Lambeau in the Packer- Packers Steelers game back in the 90s, anytime you can mention Yancey Thigpen, you've done outstanding work, Gene. So this is great stuff from you. Um, <laughs> yeah this the season takes you all over the roller coaster, that's for sure. Even after the game, I was like, God, are there still seven games left? Like I knew they were four and six, but I was like, Are there still seven games left? Oh my gosh, because it's been up and down and sideways and you know lumpy loops and it's all all of it. Um, you're right. You could see, you know, I keep saying it. I said it when I went to the Rams game. Last week, that you can see something in here. And every week, it kind of becomes a little clearer. Like, you can see a team that might be pretty good. A pretty good starting to emerge from the mist a little bit. And you still got to kind of squint a little bit, but 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 each week, you're squinting less and less. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, oh, like today, I was like, oh, I can kind of see it. I can kind of see something coming out of the mist, and it could be pretty damn good the most we've been able to see it so far this season i would say today um but you're right moments aren't enough it's, There still has to be more consistency <laughs> these ne- these last 7 games are going to be big for to show that this group can continue coming out of the mist you know making themselves clearer that like we're here we're going to be here going into the future and we're going to do some damage but you're right the the list is you know It does seem sort of, it's becoming clear for what they're going to need when they go into the future, too, that they don't still have. You're right, they are going to need a left tackle. I don't think Walker's the guy. I think Walker could be a pretty good backup. Maybe a solid starter, but I wouldn't roll with him as the guy. I think they need a left tackle. (laughs) And I don't see them bringing Nyman back. I think he's going to walk and they're going to take the comp pick in 2025 for him on that one. So left tackle's right near the top. Another lineman. Yeah, I think they need I think they need a right guard. Now, maybe it's Sean Ryan. I know they alternated uh, Runyon and Ryan again this week. And I'm curious to see how Ryan grades out after this. Because, you know, Ryan was a third-round pick. Who showed some real flashes in camp this year after a disastrous rookie season. So if Ryan can be the guy, that would be great. That would take one need off the list. But you're right, they may need another lineman. They may need another interior guy on that right side. Um, The running back thing is going to be interesting because, you know, Jones is so valuable to the team. His experience, his leadership, like, you need that. He's an all-time dude for that locker room. But the reality is, yes, his contract is very expensive next year. How expensive? Why don't we look that up right now? Hold on. I should have had this pulled up beforehand and I didn't but I'm doing it now. So here's Aaron Jones in 2024. He has an 11 million 11.1 million dollar base salary. Uh $400,000 per game roster bonus, $500,000 workout bonus, 3.25 million prorated from his signing bonus and a 2.4 restructure bonus hit. So his cap number is 17.7. For a running back who will be 30, that is obviously untenable. You cannot do that. To cut him would leave a $12 million cap hit, so they would save about 5 point, a little less than 5.4 million to cut him. (laughs) Now, could they bring him back? Yes, but he would have to probably take a major cap hit. He'd probably have to take a major pay cut. He'd probably have to go from 5.1 down to or 11.1 down to what? 5.1? 5. He'd basically have to take a 50% or more pay cut. Now, maybe he does that because he says, you know what? I love Green Bay. I love being a Packer. That money, 5.1 million plus the roster bonus plus we're at 6 million, that's more than I would make on the open market. Maybe I just come back. And he might. They can't bring him back at that number, though. No, absolutely not. Um, It's going to be interesting to see what they do with Jones. Because it seems crazy, but could I see him taking a major pay cut, them bringing A.J. Dillon back on the cheap and just running with that next year and saying, hey, we're going to have a better offensive line so things will be better? I could see Jones and Dillon being back. Yeah, definitely. But I could see them going for a running back in the draft at some point, too, and just saying, you know what, we'll take the... $5 $5 million in cap savings with Aaron Jones. Shake hands. It's been a wonderful run. And we're going to go cheaper? Yeah, I could see them do that too. Yeah. So the running back spot's going to be really interesting next season. Uh, and I do think they need... Yep, I think they need a corner. At least one. At least one safety. At least one safety. Hopefully Tyler Newman from the University of Minnesota. I would love that. Um, at least a corner. At least a safety. Uh, uh, so you're right... <laughs> Yeah, what is it with the Carlson family? Daniel couldn't kick in Lambeau with the Vikings. He got cut, what, two or three games into his career. Durs is struggling now. Yeah, maybe Lambeau's just not great for that family. I don't know. Um, But you're right. They're going to have the picks. They're going to, again, they're going to have, like I mentioned a minute ago, they're going to have five picks in the first three rounds. They're going to have the ammo to, to fill some of these holes, which is great to see. So, yeah, I agree with you. So thank you for that, Gene. Great stuff. Hope that answered all your thoughts. Okay. Let me look here quick. Yes, that's everybody. Twitter. Twitter DMs. Facebook. Email. Igbag Gene. So those are all the questions and comments you all had. Thanks to everyone who sent something along. It's always extra fun to read these after a win, of course. (laughs) We look ahead to next week now. Actually, who am I bullshitting? Less than four days from now, the Packers will be back in action Heading back on the road for a Thanksgiving Day contest, a Turkey Day contest with the Detroit Lions. That one is set for an 11.30 a.m. Lambeau-time kickoff at Vordfield. So this is going to be a big test. A good test, I think, for this Packers team. They were clearly overwhelmed in all phases by Detroit in their first meeting back in September at Lambeau. We all saw it. Lions won 34-20, but as we know, wasn't that close. Detroit was up 27-3 after the first half. It was a complete ass-kicking. So we now, just about two months later, we get to see how much progress Green Bay has made. But make no mistake, this one is going to be a huge challenge. The Lions, I mean, look, I was wrong about them. I was. I didn't believe all the hype coming into the season, and I should have. They're good. They're really, really good. The record, 8-2, and two, says it all. They're playing great football, especially on offense, and Dan Campbell just has them believing. You know? And you just know that building's going to be rocking. Look, well, I'm telling you, someone who grew up in Michigan, I can tell you Ford Field will be louder than ever before on Thursday. I'm almost sure of that anyways. It's going to be rocking. You know, for the Lions fans to get a spotlight game at home against the Packers, a team that until the last couple years anyways, has pretty much owned them. Oh, their fans are going to be ready. They want blood. Yeah, they want to humiliate Green Bay on the national stage. No question about that. So the Packers are going to need to be ready. God, I'd love to go in there and spoil the party. I know that. I know I would love to go in there and just play spoiler and ruin their Thanksgiving. <laughs> and of course, I'll be back to recap that one. Win, loser, draw next Thursday night. Not from my basement packer room, but likely from a, oh yeah, we're here again, hotel bathroom somewhere in Marquette, Michigan, as I'll be heading up north with the fam for the holiday. That means we'll all be in one room. All four of us can't record in the room with the kiddos sleeping. So, yup, it's likely back to the bathroom for me. If you remember, I did this after the win over Dallas in overtime last year at the Hampton Inn in Marquette. It was wild. It was weird. I had a pretty good time with it. I had enough space for all my stuff and my beer. It was fun. And just about a year later, I'll be back in the same spot. Will it be at the Hampton Inn? Or maybe the Holiday Inn? Or perhaps the Ramada Inn. I guess you'll just have to tune in and find out wherever it is. I just hope I have enough space for my beer on the counter. <laughs> I'm really, <laughs> I can't believe I'm really going to do this again. I'm really, I, I hope everybody tunes in. Again, I, you need to know how dedicated I am to all of you. Then I'm going to do another show in another hotel bathroom in Marquette, Michigan. Cause I can't record it anywhere else. Just know, again, if you've ever doubted how much I love all of you, stop doubting. Again, I'll be recording that one Thursday night barring any last minute changes. So it should be available Friday morning or Friday afternoon. The perfect Black Friday companion, I say. So keep your eyes and your ears open for that one and yes, I'll keep you posted. So until next time, whenever that may be, I am Chris Lempesis. This has been Lemp's Talking Pack. Thank you so very much for listening, Packer Nation. I love you, I love you, I love you. Please, all of you have a nice holiday. Please stay safe out there in this crazy world. And remember, always and forever, Go Pack Go!